In the text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is both our gospel reading, that parable of the wicked tenants, and also these words from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 43. It says, Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior, they lie down, they cannot rise, they are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In former years, if not yet still today, the thought of a single candle, or perhaps two candles, burning in the middle of a table was sort of the gold standard when it came to an image that was to bring calm and relaxation. I'm not sure if it's just because it brought back thoughts of simpler days before electricities, or perhaps because the dim light minimized the imperfections of one's spouse, or whether it was just because that was featured so often in romantic stories and movies, but a candle or two burning felt just about right. If you sort of imagine that scene in your mind, you might even feel a little better right away. But now imagine that same table that once had one or two candles on it has a few more candles added. Some large and some small, some new and some old, some obviously standing perfectly upright and a few that are a little wobbly some at the middle of the table, and a few almost hanging off the edge of the table. Is your thoughts still of calm and relaxation? Well, next, imagine that those candles are left unattended for a while. The wobbly ones fall on their side, and the ones on the edge, they fall over onto the floor. Are you panicked yet? Well, you should be. The fire has left the table and began to engulf the whole house. That's what sin is like. One or two sins burning in our life seems rather comfortable to us. We just sort of sit and enjoy the pleasure those sins bring to us and the comfort that we find in them. After all, they seem rather harmless at the time. We can ignore the fact that one candle has brought down many a house. But we never leave those candles burning alone. No, we start to gather other sins on that table as well. Some big and some small. Some that seem pretty safe while we're doing them, and maybe a few that are obviously a little more dangerous while doing them. They indeed grow more and more on the table and become more and more dangerous. But regardless of whatever lies we tell ourselves when we bring those sins onto the table, soon the whole house can be engulfed in fire. And it's not just sin in particular that works this way. It's really what happens with anything that is opposed to God even groups of people that are opposed to God, those that make themselves the enemies of God. And that's what the prophet Isaiah is addressing. He says that they too gather slowly, 
but then end up waging full war. They change in appearance from inviting candles into a fire burning out of control. When Jacob moved his family to Egypt after Joseph had welcomed them, those Egyptians seemed rather nice. They invited the people of God to come and live among them. But then with the arrival of a new pharaoh, everything changed. These particular enemies of God went from harmless helpers of God's people to being violent enemies of them, trying to burn them down one torturous slave task at a time. And that wasn't the only time this happened. Later, when the people of God were in the promised land, the enemies of God at first only flickered in the corner of their eyes. Oh, sure, God had told them to put out those enemies' lights completely, but they had left them to burn just a little off in the distance. What trouble would they be? But the longer the people were in the promised land, the more trouble those enemies of God became. They grew in power, and they grew in the temptation that they offered to God's people. And then one day, Babylon came, and they burned the whole house down, quite literally. In our reading, Jesus is rebuking the religious leaders of the day, including those Pharisees that we know of. You see, these religious leaders were a group of people who were very zealous in their practice of their religion. They fought the cultural wars of their day. You see, the Pharisees and others like them were the ones who tried to stand up against the trend of Greek culture, taking over everything that the people of God had ever done. But unfortunately, in their fight for purity, a candle named pride had been lit. They were not like those Sadducees who had given in to the Greeks so easily, they thought. They were not like those sinners who just disregarded God's law all the time. No, they followed God's law. And they even followed laws that they made up to safeguard God's law. But unfortunately, that candle called pride did not burn alone. No, others called jealousy and misunderstanding, as well as others, burned right alongside of it. And by the time that God was ready to send his Messiah into the world and reveal him as the one who would be the savior of all mankind, the fire among the religious elites was burning white hot. And Jesus told them directly that if they did not repent, he would extinguish them. He would put out their raging fire as easily as any man or woman could quench a single wick. Yes, God had done it in the past with enemies like those Egyptians, and he could do it again. It would be said of them what was said of the Egyptians, they are extinguished, quenched like a wick. And indeed, we know that these leaders of the religious, the religious establishment in Jesus' day were extinguished. The temple and the whole way of life that they treasured was brought to nothing by the hands of the Romans just 40 years or so after Christ spoke to them about this. 
God extinguished them. They were quenched. So what of the sin in your life? What's the solution to the danger of the sin burning there? Whether it feels to you like it's just one or two candles burning on a table, or whether it's quite clear in your life right now that the fire is sort of raging out of control. Well, there's only one who can truly put out that fire, but the good news is he wants to do it, and he can do it. He can put it out as easily as a man or woman would quench a single wick. Jesus told the Pharisees that they had been given a garden to manage. That garden was a picture of the kingdom of God, but he said that they had done so terribly over the years. They had rejected the very people that God had sent in order to keep that garden thriving by spreading his word. And now they were ready even to kill his son, whom he had sent to check on the garden. And because they did not repent, they would be put out of the garden. But God did not simply let that garden grow over and become a wasteland. He didn't just give up on humanity as a whole. No, instead he gave that garden to others. Specifically, he gave it to the apostles and all who would believe in Christ based on their teaching and their preaching. He gave it to all who did not wish to burn down the plans of God's salvation that he revealed in his son Jesus, but rather who wished to build upon them instead. You get to live in this garden of God's kingdom by his grace. And this is the greatest gift that you could ever have. Paul says that in comparison, everything else should be treated as rubbish. What could be better than life with God, knowing Jesus and the power of his resurrection? But we must know this. If we don't treat it as our greatest treasure, and instead we think our greatest treasure are those few sins which we enjoy the most, well, we will not get to live forever in the garden either. We too can be extinguished and quenched like a simple wick. We can be like all the others that made themselves the enemies of God before. We can end up like the Egyptians and the Babylonians and the Pharisees. But thankfully God has offered to us and offers to us again today to simply extinguish the enemy of sin without extinguishing us on the whole. He offers to put out the fire before it has fully engulfed our house. If we repent and look to him for salvation, he will give it to us. He will put out our sins in order that we might have life with him, which is what he's always wanted anyways. He offers this to us because of what was made possible when he did send his son down to the garden. Though the managers in that time treated him shamefully and dragged him outside the garden and killed him, his death was still not in vain. No, not by any means. His death became the very source of salvation to those who would believe. The water and the blood that poured out his side would extinguish the sin in our lives. While other enemies of God come and go throughout the ages, sin is that evil child of the evil one that was spawned all the way back in Eden and has persisted throughout all times. 
Its empire, we have to say, is much larger than any other empire that historians have chronicled. But have no doubt, God can put that empire to rest just as easily as he did the ones before. He can put out sin just as easily as a man or woman might quench a wick. Yes, he has made this possible through his son. You are the beneficiary of his death. Repent, and he'll extinguish the sin that is within you. He will give you life in his garden, in his kingdom, right now here in his holy Christian church, and later in a new heaven and a new earth that will be revealed on the last day. For sin, it burns white hot often, but it goes out just the same when God quenches it. So come now, eat and drink, and sin will be extinguished. Thanks be to Jesus. Amen.